We gotta do this? Let's engage. Nothing's gonna go back to the way that it was. Not really. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. Dreams, however, shall be found. Sometimes I feel like I still see Must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 80 of Discussing Who, and tonight or this morning or whenever you might be listening to us, we are talking about Stranger Things number two, the second season of Stranger Things. And who are we? Well, of course, as always, I am Kyle Jones, and joining me for this episode is our impossible co-host himself, Clarence Brown. How are you? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Uh, excited to talk some Stranger Things, too. How about yourself, man? How's it going? I can't complain. I uh, I think we both pretty much had a busy week. We had a uh, Star Trek Discovery episode podcast of the latest episode this past Thursday on the STD, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. A little plug right there. So, um, you know, I, I know this is Stranger Things, but I got to say, this is one of the most enjoyable Star Trek episodes or series that I think I have seen in quite a while. Yeah, well, it's the only one anyone has seen in quite a while. <laughs> well, <laughs> because, true. Because of the long hiatus, but, but I, do, I do agree with you. It's, it's been a very, very enjoyable season, you know. To me, of course, you have your detractors. It's kind of funny because I saw a post uh, where I guess it was the official Star Trek uh, .com website posted about, you know, the latest episode that's upcoming for next week. And, you know, it's still happening to just hear detractors left and right. Half the people complaining about it's under CBS All Access and the other half complaining Oh, it doesn't feel like Star Trek. So it's been interesting to see people to gauge people's reactions. But I still think overall it's been mostly positive. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that it is CBS All Access or do you think that it's just the nature of fandom today or a little bit of both? Uh, definitely a little bit of both. Um, it's kind of funny. There's an article out there from when the Next Generation first released, and I wish I had the link to the actual picture of the article. But it's like people were like outraged because the Next Generation was wasn't anything like uh, TOS. So you know, same same kind of thing there, and it is different. I will admit, and you do have some. It, 
what we think now that are inconsistencies. We don't know if they're going to realign those before the, the season, the series wraps up, but it is definitely different. And, you know, I don't fault anybody for having, you know, a negative opinion. That's just your opinion. And, and let us other people out there that are having fun, uh, have our fun with it. Yeah. Cause I'm enjoying it. You know, I, I, I think simply because it is a property that is making Paramount slash CBS so much money, they're going to somehow canonize what's going on in this series by the end of the series. But at the end of the day, whether it's a little bit different or not, I got to say again what I said just a few minutes ago. This is the first time I can really remember being really enjoying a Star Trek series. And I think I said this on the last episode of uh, your podcast, which is this is the first time since Voyager that I've really enjoyed Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. It's good so. stuff, man. I encourage longtime fans to, if they can get past the uh, CBS all access barrier, you know, give it a try. They have a seven day trial. We have enough episodes down now where you can dive in and consume pretty much everything in, in a few days. And, get a gauge of of how you're going to feel the season or the series is going to go. So I encourage everyone to at least give it a try. And if you do give it a try, or if you're already listening, another shameless plug here, check out the STD, a Star Trek Discovery podcast on uh, iTunes, as well as at, or excuse me, as well as on the web at stdpodcast.com. So a little shameless plug there. And uh, what I'm not shameless to talk about is just curious. Have you played Assassin's Creed before? Uh, certainly, I've played uh, played through the first and the second. Uh, after the second one, I kind of um, the ending of the second one kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, it was it was not too dissimilar from the end of the newest Indiana Jones movie that came out. So it just me for an extreme loop so i haven't really picked up the series again because i just felt it was getting kind of crazy but yeah they have a new one out uh what is it called is it origins or yes assassin's creed origins correct came out last week and i think it's doing pretty well and i might dive back in on this one Uh, ah good yeah good 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 play with words right there dive back in (laughs) definitely not intended Well, it's good segue nonetheless, because if you've listened to this podcast, you know I don't often talk about video games. I'm I'm a uh, the only video game that I will profess to really being into outside of Pac-Man, Dig Dug, and such like. And speaking of, Dig Dug was in Stranger Things too. Just saying, yeah. But uh, outside of games like that, City of Heroes was only m- my big game that I enjoyed, you know, playing. Having said that, I know people, um, uh, Lonnie plays uh, um, Assassin's Creed. He's played that. And this morning I saw an article where there is an Easter egg hidden under the waters of a city called Latopolis, I believe. And would you like to share with everyone listening what that uh, Easter egg that would is so cool to me? Uh, is yeah, it's, it's what appears to be a TARDIS uh, buried uh, at the bottom of the lake, river, somebody of water. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, um, you know, if this was a modern game, maybe in modern times, I would say, 
oh, that could be a phone booth down there. I mean, a police box just sitting down there. But the fact that we're in ancient Egypt here, uh, it's pretty on the nose. Yeah, pretty on the nose. And what's really cool is there was an associated video where someone playing it was recording the screen because I wanted to, you know, not have anyone try to say, oh, well, it just kind of looks like the TARDIS. You know, it was some uh, it was an abandoned ship and it just kind of looked like that. No, they they had the character actually swim around and it had the light on the top and you know they you know they went to the sides of it the cool thing was similar to that iconic wizard of oz uh where dorothy lands on the witch and you see the witch's two feet sticking out from under dorothy's house similar to that you had these two feet uh or these like skeleton feet or something sticking out from under the tardis which i thought was probably uh, a double, you know, Wizard of Oz slash Doctor Who uh, <laughs> Easter egg going on there. Yeah, man, good stuff. It's always cool to see those um, cultural tie-ins into our games. Uh, I think it's fantastic. So uh, just out of curiosity, are you more of a um, fighting game person or are you more like the shooting or are you more like the um, – Assassin's Creed, or, or what's your genre of games, or do you have one? Uh, probably don't have one. I know early on I was into the sports games a lot. Um, lately, I've been playing a mix of, of, of everything from Cuphead, which is like a platformer slash bullet hell platformer, to, to first-person shooters like Halo and uh, Destiny and things like that. So I don't really consider, consider myself an har- a hardcore gamer. I do game mostly socially with friends just to have fun. But, you know, having a job while working in front of a computer all day, I find it hard sometimes to come home and sit in front of my PC and game more. Uh, so I tend to lean toward console gaming when I do play. But but lately I've been getting into more, more of the PC Master Race gaming. So that leads me to the reason I was uh, asking that outside of curiosity was – do you find that other game makers store not not necessarily obviously Doctor Who, but other type of Easter eggs within their games? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to think of a good example, and I can't right now. <laughs> no, no, but, no, that's fine. I put you on the yeah. spot, but I was just curious if, in general, if they, you know, I'm, I, oh. I figured they would. But oh yeah, I was curious. Oh yeah, yeah, certainly, man. There's there's always Easter eggs in games, you know. That's part of the fun. Sometimes it's even um, the developers putting it in there as an homage to something that they love. Or, or like it may be in this instance, Doctor Who may, may have been just one developer who loved Doctor Who, who tried to throw, throw in his Easter egg. And there's certainly been a history of Easter eggs throughout video games uh, since they've been around. Yeah. So um, also coming out. So this is being recorded in November 2017, and it's November the 4th on a Saturday. And this weekend, a Marvel movie came out, and it was Thor Ragnarok, which we're going to see tomorrow. Um, any expectations that you have of, of this movie? Um, I expect it to be fun. I've been looking at the previews. Of course, I mean, you talked about it even on our uh, discussing who... Uh, slash discussing comics YouTube channel. 
And, you know, we're, we're, I think we're kind of excited about it. I think it looks fantastic uh, to see the Hulk and Thor kind of have this buddy movie. And even the addition of, is it Valkyrie and uh, Loki is also kind of joining their little group uh, from the previews we've seen. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, actually, I had to do some prep work. I watched Thor 2 earlier today, um, The Dark World, and I thought it was fairly well well done as far as um set pieces and costumes and things like that uh we weren't on earth in this one all that much so i really enjoyed thor 2 uh a little bit more than i thought i would so okay so yeah i'm i'm interested to jump in and see some thor uh ragnarok uh, hopefully tomorrow what about yourself yeah i am too uh since you said that you've seen uh Thor 2, you said today, right? Yes, yes. All right, so since you've just seen it today, now the main villain was the dark elf Malekith. What did you think of him? Yeah, Christopher Eccleston was, was, was kind of awesome. Yeah, I liked him playing the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, was it, was it weird? Did you at any point say, wow, that's the doctor? Uh, no, you know what? Um, I've seen him in other things already that have already dispelled my notions of him being the doctor. Being the doctor. Gotcha. Uh, what's that HBO show? Yeah, uh, like the, Outer... Uh, no, The Leftovers. Uh, left Behind or something? The Leftovers. That's leftovers, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen three seasons of him in that show, which the show has ended. It ended it. It ended earlier this year. Uh, so I've seen, you know, him in... I've seen him more in that than I've seen him in as the doctor. Because <laughs> well, we only got like 13 episodes of him as the doctor. I've seen like 20-something some odd episodes of this other show. So I have fairly dispelled all the the um, feelings of him only being the doctor. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I, I have to add something to that. I think – okay, and, and, I, and I can just speak for myself here on this one. I think there is something in a – you know, like an uber fanboy's mind, uh, because I've not seen uh, the leftovers. That when he didn't come back for the fiftieth, and you know, pr- pretty much said he didn't want to come back, that kind of like distance the fandom a little bit more. Uh, because whenever I watched it, I was like, oh, that's the guy that played the night. You know, it wasn't like he didn't embody the doctor. But then again, like you said, he was only around for 13 episodes. He didn't have that much time to, you know, get uh, ingrained as the doctor. Yeah. And I just kind of think, whereas I think of David Tennant, uh, what have I seen him in since he's not been Broad the doctor? Church. We seen him. I've seen him personally in a few episodes of Broad Church because I haven't been, you know, Europe to the latest season uh, on that. But I am not. Right. And so, so I don't have that experience seeing him in something else other than uh, Kilgrave and Jessica Jones for thirteen episodes. True. So, still, th- those thirteen pale in comparison to the amount of times I've seen him in Doctor Who. So, I still feel like he's the Doctor. So. <laughs> and you've also been checking out. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you checked out a couple of episodes. And, I'm, and I may be wrong here, of uh, the new uh, Scrooge McDuck, right? Yeah, but he's just a voice actor in there, so it's a little different. <laughs> well, true, true. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. you know, but uh, there is another character that I had completely forgotten about uh, from the days of uh, DuckTales. And I think she was the his nemesis that was always trying to get his first dollar or first coin or something like that called Magica Dispel. 
that name sound familiar, but I do not remember her at all. Okay, well, I really don't remember her that much either. But my point in saying that is they have cast uh, the uh, – well, they, they're bringing back that character now that evidently DuckTales is doing well. So that character will be returning either later in this season or next season, and it will be voiced by Catherine Tate. Ah, Donna really? Noble, which That's is freaking really cool. awesome. That's pretty cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Yeah, so, um, kind of diverging here a little bit off of Stranger Things, but uh, you know, Stranger Things have happened for us to diverge. But I want to, I want to say that real quick, a, a couple of more things about Thor, real quick. Uh, just going into the movie, I have not read any spoilers. I've you know avoided you know any kind of spoilers. But what I did look before we got on was to see how well is it doing on IMDb as well as Rotten Tomatoes, just out of uh, off the top of your head, out of thin blue, what do you think percentage do you think is on Rotten Tomatoes? What kind of grade do you think it's gotten? Okay, so uh, I'm going to be a little um, swayed in this opinion already because I've seen some numbers. Uh, I know that it got released like a week ago in Asia before it actually came over here. And uh, even before that, I saw early um, reviewers uh, screening uh, uh, ratings or reviews of it. Okay. So I I pretty much know it's in the 90s somewhere. Uh, probably, I think last time I saw it was like 100, but that was like the first couple of days. I'm pretty sure it went down. But I'm, I think the Rotten Tomatoes rating is going to be in the upper 90s somewhere. Okay. It was a 93. Yeah. So, you know, but but still in the nineties, so that's good. I mean, and is that the user rating or the uh, critic rating? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm just on the general um, Google search of it, so I'm not sure. Gotcha. Um, I do know uh, what. Okay, so what do you think that equates for on IMDb? Uh, I have no idea. I I usually don't look at IMDb for ratings, so uh, that's mm-hmm. that's they're going to be a little bit out of my wheelhouse. What what do you have for them there? Okay, they show eight point two. So regardless, I mean, you know, I think they would beat things like oh, I don't know, Superman versus Batman, don't abort them big time. So <laughs> you still, just can't still, quit. Still can like you? to pick on that movie. Just can't quit. No, I can't. No, I can't. The only thing that can make me lessen my hate on that movie is a good outing of uh, Justice League in just a couple of weeks. Well, here's a little bit of news that might brighten your day. Uh, This is not on our rundown, but um, and I wish I had the actual site. It may have been comic book um, hype that I saw this on. But I think um, Wonder Woman has surpassed the original Spider-Man as the highest grossing origin story movie. Yes, I I, I saw that headline. I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline. So very good for her. Yeah, that's pretty darn cool. Yes, absolutely. Um, So speaking of the Justice League, and while we're still in the news segment, the Justice League comes out on the same day it looks like that Netflix is releasing The Punisher. Do you think it'll have an impact, or is this two different types of audiences, or does it really matter because you can basically see them both on the same day? I don't think it matters. Two audience, two different audiences in two different mediums, kind of. Uh, so I think I think they're vastly different releases. Uh, I don't. 
I don't think it would have impact. Now, if this if this was Stranger Things two coming out on the day uh, <laughs> of Justice League, maybe a slight impact, maybe. But but no, nah, I, I think this wouldn't affect uh, the same. I think people are going to see both. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Because yeah. you can still, um, because Punisher. Because I was saying you can still watch it, but Punisher is watching at your leisure. Yeah. The yeah. others are not necessarily so. Because you're you're trying to a get a ticket, and b trying to decide which is a conversation that we've had with some of our grits friends and. Grits is a network, if you are new to this show, uh, Grits is a network of local southern podcasters here in Mississippi, and it can our information about Grits can be found at gritsms.com. But back to what I was saying, uh, we've had a conversation recently about not only are you getting your tickets in advance at a certain type of screening it whether it's 3d whether it's bucket seats or box seats or whatever it's called or just regular but now they're also giving you a choice of where do you want to sit yeah now this is something that is probably i'm pretty sure been been elsewhere other than mississippi uh you know for far longer uh but yeah it's just just recently came to a pretty big theater here in jackson mississippi and, you know, uh, we had uh, the conversation of uh, Carrie from Techvedition and uh, Sergio from Rally Breach kind of kind of going at it for a bit about <laughs> about assigned seats versus just walk in and get the seats you want. I, I think there's so Mr. Brown, what do you think? What's your what's your <laughs> well, what's your opinion? I think there's pros and cons for both. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I will say, you know, uh, you know, we talked about going to Thor tomorrow night. I mean, tomorrow at like noonish. And, you know, even that conversation with the guys that we're going with, it made it a hard conversation. Really? Because, How so? Yeah, be- because it was like, do we go ahead and get our tickets now so we can get good seats? You know, caveat to that is, OK, we have two of the four people here that can buy the tickets now. But then you have to coordinate buying the tickets with other folks. Or have one person buy the tickets for everybody. So if you want to sit together. So uh, it, it's a little – there's pros and cons, man. There's definitely yeah, pros and, and cons. I, 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 I'll, I'll just be honest with you. The whole idea of buying uh, your seats and reserving your seats is that, – that, that, that's – ludicrously idiotic to me <laughs> but but dude look there's pros if you have five people and one person is buying all the tickets you can buy them early and get the best seats in the house and you don't have to get there an hour before the show starts on opening night so there yeah, but i'm ocd i don't mind getting there an hour earlier wouldn't you yeah. want wouldn't you want to buy them early to just save that hour of waiting in line and just walk right in and get your seats Again, okay. again, so again there is the, there's pros okay, and cons going. to both. There are pros and cons to both. But go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. But but I think it was our friend Mark that said Mark from Dice Junkies, uh, who said he, he has no problem uh, if I remember and and am quoting him correctly. He has no problem going in early or going early and buying a ticket. But, the, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with going in and just bypassing that long line. You know, yes, I would love that. Get it early. Don't stand in the line. Go walk on in and blah, blah. But 
the whole idea that I've got to hurry and scurry and feel like I'm trying to uh, buy tickets to some uh, event at a coliseum or something. This is just a freaking movie. Okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me throw it out before you, Kyle. I, know, I don't want to linger on this. But no linger because, but, because I want to prove you wrong. But 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 opening night. Okay, this has actually happened to me. Happened to me before, and it happened at Tinseltown. Actually, me and my friends like rolled up here to go to see Bad Boys Two when circa two thousand five, whenever it came out. And you know, I don't think I, it may have been opening night. You know, we got there. You know, it wasn't even a real long line. I don't think at the time. Got our tickets. Lo and behold, when we got in the theater. We were sitting like in the second row from the front. Just okay. horrible. I mean, you could barely enjoy the movie. So wouldn't you like to just take your time, go to the movie ex- almost five minutes, five minutes earlier rather than 30 minutes? Okay. So let me ask you and, this. And sit in right, optimum so, so, seats. Okay. So let's assume for a minute that we've gone in and we bought our tickets early. Okay. And when when we buy the tickets early, we sit there and we click on I want to B or, or B5 and B6. And B6 and B5 means this is, you know, center, you know, prime seating, whatever you yeah. want to call it. So here we bebop in five minutes early and here's B6 and here's B5 and here's Mary and John or Bobby and Sue or whomever sitting there uh, in B6 and B5. What do you do? They going to have to move it, yo. <laughs> they gonna have to move it okay so you say well you know the, you know i'm sorry these are our seats they say no the, you know we reserve those seats then uh so what do you do go back out to the front and say somebody's uh, sitting know, okay, in my seat okay okay cal okay no I get, seriously i'm asking what do you okay that, what do you what do you do when you go to a basketball game and somebody's in your seats nba game nfl game you you're going to call the usher to go get them out of your seats it's the same thing okay all right so on the flip of that let me let, let let me throw the flip of that at you, you know, kind of flip side. Maybe they're on the flip side or whatever. But uh, let's say that we bought five tickets and uh, whatever. So you, for whatever reason, we decide, ah, we just don't want to go to the movies tonight. Oh, forget the money we just spent. We're rich and, you know, we're not. But, you know, we're rich. We can do uh, whatever we want. We don't go to the movies. So there's five seats. So you've got this mom, and she's worked so hard that week, and she's got her uh, two kids and their three friends, and they've gone to the movies, and they want to go to see that movie so bad, and, and this is like the kid's birthday and blah, blah, blah. And they get to the uh, front, and they want that 715 viewing, and the usher says, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, we're sold out, but uh, – You've got five, somebody said you have five seats in there. Oh, I'm so sorry, we're sold out. <sighs> That's a big what if, man. Yeah, this is the same thing with a concert, though. You, you buy tickets for a concert, some people aren't going to come. I mean, good point. Good point. I, I, I just, I, I just find that really upside down. Kind of going into a theater is, and and I may be wrong there. I may be, you know, reserving a seat one day, and you laugh at there, me. And there's say, there's oh, no I wrong answer, I told man. You. There's no wrong answer is what I'm trying to say. I mean, there's pros and cons for both, man. And I don't know. We're just used to it one way, but I do see a future where we could get, you know, 
you know, maybe used to the the other system. And it only affects you on opening night. On normal new movie days, you're going to just be able to walk in and get a seat. Oh, so this is only an opening night thing? No, 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 no. It's not. I'm, but I'm saying people are usually probably only going to only going to reserve on either a Friday or opening night. Ah, okay. You know, gotcha. yeah. Normal. So did we have to do that for uh, Star Wars? We didn't, did we? Uh, no, because it's at Malco, and they don't have reserve seating. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> see, see, they know what they're doing. But anyway, if it, I'm curious to know if you're listening, who do you agree with? Are you on Clarence's side or are you on my side? Even Team Clarence, not folks. Really side. Team so let Clarence. Us, let us know what you think. Uh, send us some feedback. Um, and you, there are information in our show. There is information in our show notes on how to do that. So we will be right back with our review of Stranger Things 2. Discussing Who is made possible thanks in part to listeners like you. Want more Discussing Who? Become a Patreon supporter. By becoming a Patreon, you can support the show while receiving exclusive content available only for Patreon supporters. Visit patreon.com backslash discussing who for more information on how to become a Patreon today. All right, we are back and fresh off of a good-hearted uh, debate on seat sitting and where 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 do you reserve your seats. But I have a feeling I know that uh, a lot of home couches and recliners and chairs and whatever were reserved last weekend because Stranger Things 2 came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Netflix original show in its second season. You know, they chose not to call this Stranger Things season two. It's just like just everybody just says Stranger Things two. Is that normal? I don't know. Oh, if that heard is so that 80s. That's that is it. so 80s. But this like is not a movie. Two. It's a show. It's a show. It's not a movie. I know, but it has that whole feel of the 80s. Hmm. I don't know. And, and, and I am right about that because I read uh, I was looking for the Stranger Things font, and I got um, taken to an article about the logo and how they made the logo and their decision to use the two. And they and it said in there that they put the two like that simply because that reminded you of a lot of '80s movies. How uh, you had Jaws two, Jaws three, ah. uh, you know stuff like that, as opposed to you know. Uh, Stranger Things series two or season two or whatever it was more in that eighties vibe. Yeah, so I'm wondering is that a thing that'll keep going uh, as they go to different seasons from here on out? Maybe uh, unless they keep it around long enough to where they age into the nineties, maybe. Uh, With Stranger Things X, maybe. Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) So. Without getting into the story yet, how would you compare it to series or or Stranger Things, not not season one, just Stranger Things, also Uh, known as the first season? Okay, yeah. Okay, season one then. Bingo. How would you compare (laughs) season two and season one? Um, It was was less of the... um, and this may be a spoiler. It was less than the upside side downy, but more upside down elements infiltrating our world. I thought that was really good. Oh man, I just feel bad for the poor kid Will in this season. That kid can't catch a break. 
Uh, so I felt 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 really, you know, sad about him. Uh, good to see more of L. Um, maybe understand her powers a little bit more uh, in this season. So that was the difference from from the first season to this one. Really love that. Uh, I love Bob in this season, which you know, of course he wasn't in the first season. Um, uh, Sean Ashton, it was cool seeing him. And yeah, yeah, I think it was it was pretty similar in tone and um and 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 just even arc. Uh, but I I did love it uh, just as much, maybe a little bit more. Uh, just to see these characters, you know, what's funny is oh sorry, but what's funny is it seems like the kids were didn't even grow much. They were pretty much the same age. Cause I saw um, what's the Pennywise movie? Um, it, it, yeah. And the kid off it that's from Stranger Things is like way bigger than it. So they had to shoot this movie like I mean this series like right after the last one because the last time I saw that kid he's like way bigger, which is just really weird seeing him be smaller in this than I saw him in it. But yeah, just overall, I like the series. I thought it was really great. You know, definitely in the cultural uh, touchstone of of people at my job and just people in general uh, on the internet. So, what about yourself, man? Yeah, I, you know, there. Okay, so how do I want to say this? If I were to categorize the first season as a genre, I would have seen it more as kind of like a sci-fi mystery with a little bit of horror. But with this season, I would have said it was a horror with a little bit of sci-fi mystery in it. Hmm. You know, it was a lot more, to me, more of a horror theme than um, than than what um, you know the first season was. Not saying I didn't like it, but what I find interesting about Stranger Things is it is something that has obviously surpassed geekdom and and entered into more of a mainstream like of it you know sort of like game of thrones is is sort of like universally liked regardless if you're if you consider yourself oh i'm a geek or you know oh you know i don't watch anything you know sci-fi or anything like that and because um there's a lady that i work with that was just, oh, have you seen Stranger Things? And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, let's talk about it. And, you know, I would not have thought that she would be watching, um, you know, Stranger Things. So, um, yeah, um, it, it, just to add on that, it's, it's definitely, it definitely reaches another level when, again, culture t- touchstone, when you have to, when you go to work and you can't really, you have to kind of ask, okay, who's seen it, who hasn't seen it? Or not only that, you go and start talking about it with somebody, you know, in the next cubicle, you know, you just you open space, you're talking. And then the person way in the corner will be like, oh, no, stop. You know, I haven't <laughs> I, seen it. Yet. I haven't finished it. You know, so so once it reaches that level, uh, there are shows like shows like that, that uh, like Game of Thrones and, and things like that, that certainly you can't not uh, walking dead also that you can't just go blurting out facts about the episode uh, in, in in the large room without. You know, people jumping in and saying, hold up, I'm not done yet. So if it reaches that level, you know, it is pretty popular. Yep. And, and speaking of, I want to throw this in real quick since you mentioned it. I'm on about episode five or six of season one now of The Walking Dead. Just FYI. <laughs> Keep it trucking, man. Long it's, way to just go. Just FYI. <laughs> um, so 
What did you think about the whole? Okay, well, well, let me ask you this, uh, because this is something that I did not understand. So I've actually been looking forward to this uh, episode because I didn't ask the lady that I worked with that I was just mentioning because I wanted to have this question answered while we're recording. So I've been waiting to ask this question. And I'll tell a bit, sir. <laughs> I do not understand what these creature things are. Explain. I don't get it. I don't. That's my thing. So explain. Are you talking? You so you these creature things meaning those dog-like uh, salamander? Yeah. So creature is it? Thing? So is it another dimension? Is it under? Because they totally confused me this season. Because last season I thought that they were somehow um, touching another dimension, and that it was somehow L connected to that dimension, and that's what gave her. Her power. So I'm thinking, you know, this is another dimension. And this season, it makes it look like, oh, and by the way, if you've not uh, watched Stranger Things yet, you've probably already been spoiled. But if you haven't uh, and you don't uh, want to find out any other spoilers, be warned because there are spoilers ahead. Spoilers. 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 There was um, like roots in the ground. So, are they underground? Are they in another dimension? What? Um, I am also not completely understanding of that, but I believe. Okay, of course, where those roots are originating from is the portal that went to the upside down in the first season. In the facility. Okay. All right. So in the very, <clears throat> excuse me, very early on, we saw where they were using fire to kind of keep it at bay. And they kept, you know, torching it every few days to try to keep it from spreading. But what they didn't realize that instead of growing out, it was growing down. So ah, this, this okay. portal was growing down as these roots and it was like spreading uh, throughout the whatever town they're in. So I, I'm not sure if it was completely the upside down, quote unquote. I think it was kind of, uh, but, but it certainly was some type of portal to somewhere. <laughs> it was a little confusing. I do. I totally get what you're saying. Okay. But, 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 but I got to give you credit. You did kind of give me uh, at least a way to wrap my head around the, the idea. Cause she says something about she, uh, she being ale opened the portal, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So if she did that and she opens this portal and it's trying to break through, I can I can kind of understand that because it just um it just didn't make sense to me with all the roots and and whatever. Yeah, again like the roots originate from them trying to keep it at bay it go, it going downward instead of out and, and kind of spreading throughout the town. So it makes some sense. It makes some sense. I, even I'm confused on the creatures that um, what's the kid's name? I forget the the boys the boys' names, but one of the kids had like the little salamander looking thing that kept growing that ate the cat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, was it Dustin? Yeah, Dustin. So that confused me. I'm like, where did that thing come from? Of of course, we found out later. There's several of these things like roaming about the uh, countryside. 
and I think they even tried to relate it to the end of season of series one when Will actually regurgitated one into the sink. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, so I don't know if that's the genesis of it when he actually regurgitated into the sink, like started these kind of spreading throughout the the county. Uh, I'm kind of clear on that, but I I think that's what started those creatures. Which, you know, uh, you were talking about, uh, you know, the character of Will, the the kid that the, that they have playing him, the the whole look of him, he looked like a child possessed. The way they had him made up. <laughs> yeah, man, man, poor Will. I feel sorry for that guy, man. <laughs> he, he, you know, being lost the whole first season, pretty much until the end, um, and coming back with what we see is this this um, connection yet and still to the upside down and and him just trying to live live a normal life which was kind of the joy and the downfall not downfall not excuse me not downfall but kind of the um this made you feel a little sad for him throughout the season because you see where he is desperately desperately trying to live this normal life after having me being trapped slash lost in the upside down for most of last season and man, this kid just can't catch a freaking break. Um, he starts having these visions. And not only that, you know, there's kids that are actually bullying, bullying him for, um, you know, being lost. So, man, he just gets it this season and there's no way around it. He has a he has a tough go at it. So here's another question that I have of something that I didn't understand. At the end of the last season. Why was it in between that that Elle is basically on house arrest for her own protection? I, I didn't quite understand that. Well, as you know, once we go into this season, there's pretty much a gag order. I don't know if that's federally mandated or, or whatever organization that's over the facility somehow mandates this gag order on pretty much everybody that's involved. So you notice that throughout the first few episodes, nobody wants to talk about what happened last true, season. True, good point. Yeah, good so, point. So there is a gag order, and not only that, uh, sh- the sheriff kind of uh, knows like if they get wind that she's still around, uh, she's pretty much going to be, you know, locked up, locked up, basically. maybe experimented on because you know this still is kind of shady, shady government. Uh, facility slash organization so um so yeah yeah he's kind of just overprotective of her uh and he i guess he kind of feels that it's his duty to uh keep her safe so i can understand that yeah true um here here was one of my problems with it while i was watching it but it became non problem or the problem resolved itself toward the end of the season i did not like how the the eleven character was distanced from the the other group. I didn't. I mean, I understand having her, um, you know, kept there for her safety. I got that. But then at first, when she was going off having her own story outside of what they were doing, I didn't really like that. Curious as to what you thought. Uh, you don't like it in the context of the story of them keeping her safe. 
or pretty much like me, you probably just wanted to see the group back together again. I wanted to see the group back together again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. They throw us so many teases as far as them possibly getting back together. Yep. <laughs> so we have Elle and she is separated from Mike and we see her to, uh, or see him actually with the, with the walkie talkie trying to communicate with her. What, what did you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. It was, it was him, you know, he's sort of like his sister to where, um, He's not giving up. And that's kind of cool. Both of those guys in the family are kind of similar and not giving up on people. But but Mike isn't giving up on Elle, you know, at all costs. He he thinks she's out there and he does not does not want to give up on the chances of her being alive. And then also you have his sister that is pretty much doing the same thing with Barb. You know, she just cannot uh, come to grips. I think it's Karen. She can't, or is it? It's Nancy. Nancy. She just can't come to grips with, uh, with the fact that, uh, Barb is gone. So I think that's kind of cool. The, both of the guys in the family, same family have that same, you know, urge to find what is lost. You know, I can't really blame Mike much because they did find Will. So, you know, I guess she has to be out there somewhere. Uh, so yeah. And it's cool to see Elle also come back across and try to make that connection with them. And, you know, her being as equally frustrated with with not being able to to see him. And I guess the main difference being she knows he's out there. But, uh, of course, uh, the sheriff Hopper won't let her let her get out and see him. So we do go on and we see her find her mother, actually, which which I thought was an interesting plot development. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about her journey to find her mother. I think it was cool. I love how they made the connection with what the mother was saying to actually lead her to her sister. But at the same time, the whole you know time that she was spent actually finding her mother was kind of inconsequential. It really didn't make a difference in the plot other than it leading to her finding her sister, which I think was vastly more important than her finding her mother. When I say sister, that's a loose, a loose, <laughs> with quotes, loose term sister, you know. Yeah, I agree with you there. And honestly, I think it would have been better suited maybe for a future season. But you had to have her distanced a little bit in order to have that scene where she comes back. Yeah, yeah. And man, I just feel it so, uh, I'm going to use one of the things I've used before, heart-wrenching to... <laughs> Every time she'd get to a new place, she'd be quoted these words home. You know, uh, Jim, Jim, the chief told her, this is your home. She got to her. Is it sister and mother's house? I don't know. I if, think so. Yeah. yeah. Her real sister, I would assume. Yeah. And or once half he, sister or something. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, she's quoted these words home, home. You can stay here. And, you know, it seems like every place she goes, she finds is not a place for her. You know, and eventually when she gets with her, was it six? Her sister? I think so. And again, you know, they act like they want her and, you know, she sees she's just kind of being used and that word home is thrown out again. And, you know, she's just you know, <laughs> wandering in the wind trying to find a place where she wants to, to be. And, you know, I think it's kind of cool that, you know, her original home is where what led her, led her back to, 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 to the chief and the rest of the people in the Stranger Things crew. Which was really cool because it was her coming back and she basically saves them all. 
Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. That training that she got with her sister w- was not put to waste. I will say that. Now, before we get to the ending, um, what did you think of Max? I love Max. Max was awesome. Her brother was a douchebag, but <laughs> Max was freaking wonderful. I just thought, you know, it's funny and it's very, very what middle school where you see these kids who have their group and you're not getting in, you know. I would expect that more from a a cheerleader clique or something like that than the Stranger Things kids. You would think they'd be more accepting of people, especially when they they are so close to to what they love and the things they love. You know, she's a dig dig dug master, like you just mentioned before, uh, dig dug, right. um, and and um, she's definitely geeky. She's probably not the D and D type of person they are. But she definitely fits in well, you know, with the rest of the crew. And I understand their apprehensions, you know. Um, See, I have a different take on it, but I'm curious. Uh, go ahead and finish, but I have a different take. No, no, I was going to say, I mean, I understand their apprehensions with, uh, you know, they know Elle is gone and they don't want this girl to come back and replace her. So there's a lot of dynamics going on within their group that... I can see why they wouldn't want her in, but by the same token, I thought she fit in wonderfully with them. Well, what what are your feelings? Yeah, I agree with you. I liked her as a character, but, but question, how old do you think in the story, not the actors, but the story that the age range, how old do you think they are or Um, how old should they be? I would say from 13 to 12 in that range. Okay. That, that, that's what I'm thinking. So I saw, the one who had more of a an issue with her was not the the group as a whole, but was Mike. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you say he was the one that kept yeah. saying, "Go away, you're not welcomed here." Yeah, because Mike, you know, again having that longing for L to be back and be in the group, uh, he still was holding on to that connection. Yeah, but see, I think you know, as a little kid, you know, he's. He, at, you know, honestly, at that age where it's going from the girl is is ew gross to oh kind of cool, so you know I'm thinking he's he's got that infatuation, uh, you know, uh, going on with Al uh, and he's 13 years old, and then he's got this other girl that's coming in trying to in his mind take the place of this girl that he likes and I'm, I'm and forget the connection as you say at the end he likes so i saw it more as you know him being a 13 year old boy not understanding why he doesn't really dislike her outside uh, of yes l is my friend uh, i don't know i don't know i don't know about that one i mean i get your point but you know, if I like this girl over here, I'm not going to get mad if another one comes around hanging with my friends, you know, because the one I like isn't, I don't know. I guess I yeah, could kind of you're not 13 it. years old. Yeah, but is it so different? Is it so different, Kyle? <laughs> Good point. I understood. So, um, you know, you did have uh, the scene where they have what I'm referring to as the, the uh, kiss at the end between him and Elle and the dance. What did you think of that? I thought it was cool. That was a cool wrap to the season. I thought it was great how everybody had their kind of dance moment, even uh, Lucas. <laughs> yes. Dancing with uh with with uh Nancy at I, the end. Oh, yeah, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. That wasn't Lucas. That was uh, uh Dustin. 
Yeah, Dust. Oh, see, I get them confused. Dustin dancing with Nancy at the end. I thought that was fantastic. That and was he, kind of sad. I mean, heartwarmingly sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's typical of that the nerdy kid that can't. But I love his boldness, though. His boldness was awesome and admirable on all points. And also, uh, Lucas and um, Lucas and uh, uh, Max. Max was was yeah. great as well. So. Yeah, you know, just a heartwarming moment at the end where they all kind of, you know, wrap things up in a good um, a good bow to the end of the season. I thought it was really good. But uh, can we talk about Bob? You've not mentioned Bob yeah, at all. Yeah, let's 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 talk Bob. <sighs> oh Bob, oh Bob, I hated Bob at first, man, with a passion. Me too. Sean Ashton, of course. Uh, Lord of Rings. Uh, Frodo. And I didn't uh, like him uh, in Samwise Gamgee. I mean. Yeah, I love the Lord of Rings, actually. Uh, so, I mean, at first, I hated his character. He was the ultra-annoying, cheesy, uh, mom's boyfriend kind of guy. Uh, he was dating my own uh, writer's character. And, oh, man, I just did not like him. But the moment Bob had me is when he told Will to stand up to his bullies because he had a similar experience. And I thought that was freaking awesome. And after that, I was on board with Bob. And not only that, also the point where uh, <laughs> he was kind of making the the uh, the argument that Joyce about, man, in high school, would you ever see us together? Uh, you were there and I was here. And, uh, and, and you know, and, and look at us now. You know, I would have never dated you in high school. I thought that was great as well. Um, <laughs> so just a lot of great moments with Bob. Ah, uh, man, I hated to see what happened to Bob, though. Oh, man, uh, that broke my heart. Well, you know, I, I won't mention what I'm about to mention because uh, there's a Bob tidbit that that I will tell you. But what I will do is let's go to a commercial break real quick. Take a break for a moment. And when we come back, I will share something with you that is Bob related. How about that? Let's do it. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Hey guys, check out the Discussing Who YouTube channel. Visit youtube.discussingwho.com. Again, that's youtube.discussingwho.com. And don't forget while you're there to subscribe. You never know what we might have planned. And now, back to the show. All right, so before we went to break, I made a uh, statement about sharing something about Bob. And while we were uh, doing research on this particular episode, I came across a Stranger Things Facts. It was a BuzzFeed article, and we'll put this in our show notes. But there were some uh, tidbits, as I'll call them, and one of them was around Bob. And the Duffer brothers are who were the producers, I I believe, writers of this. And the third fact was that Bob was meant to have a smaller part. But Sean was so good, they made him into a star in the series and gave him a heroic (laughs) death scene. And number four said, Matt Duffer said Bob's death scene was the hardest scene they had to write. They didn't want to kill Bob off. Sean didn't want to leave the show, but the brothers felt that narratively it was the right thing to do. What do you think? Oh, man. Um, I kind of agree, agree with that, because if he wouldn't have bit the dust, I don't think he would have had that moment in this season that really, you know, kind of touched your heart. 
you know, I don't feel like we had that otherwise. Uh, but, but yeah, man, um, he was a great character. He again, went from a character I did not like at all into somebody that was just endearing. And, you know, for all the, the cheesiness without that was around him, you know, he really took in will and, 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 uh, really started to, to try to mentor him, which I thought was really cool. And uh, ultimately in the last uh, part of the series, you see where, you know, like you just mentioned, he makes this heroic stance, uh, how he knew the computer was programmed in basic. I don't know, but he somehow knew that. And, you know, uh, somehow working at radio shack, um, uh, gives you the ability to hack into stuff. So, Hey, you know, he he did. It was, it was awesome. They had to work somewhere. I mean, (laughs) radio shack was the place to go back then. (laughs) Tell me about it. But, you know, it does make a lot of sense because, I mean, now we look at it, you know, he just worked at Radio Shack. But back then, you know, in the 80s, it was mostly the geeks that were working there. So, yeah, I, I can see him being, you know, a little bit more uh, computer savvy, of course, working in, in Radio Shack in the 80s versus, you know, even now. Is Radio Shack still around? I don't know. I think, I think uh, very limited. Yeah. I would say Radio Shack has been replaced by Best Buy. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. But yeah, I mean, oh man, I, I was, I was hurt cause I thought he was going to make it, man. He made it. He was so close to getting out of the building. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bob, man? You know, I, I'll be brutally honest with you. I knew I had seen the guy before and I knew the name Sean Aston was familiar, but I had completely blocked out that he was in Lord of the Rings. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't like um Sammy's or whatever his name Sam was. Wise. I did not I did not like him in uh, Lord of the Rings. I'll he beat you to the me. end, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> yeah. I, the whole Mr. Frodo. Mr. Frodo. I mean it, that was irritated awesome. me. He was awesome, man. I loved him. I mean, I like Schmeagle, uh, but I didn't like Mr. Uh well I didn't I mean I I mean I was fine with Mr. Frodo, but 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 Sam oh he irritated me. And something else yet that makes him even more uh, connected to Stranger Things, he was actually, his first movie was The Goonies back in 1985. So, yeah. You know, another uh, interesting thing that I just read from this article is the original guiding principle, this was number 11, of uh, Stranger Things, according to the Duffer Brothers, was what if Steven Spielberg directed a Stephen King book? (laughs) <laughs> interesting yeah very interesting and that's kind of true you know i mean it's um it, you know it kind of just falls into what they're doing yeah this is great stuff man they have really they really you know kept the intensity up in this series um i agree with you early on by saying i wish i would have saw more more of l in action seemed like she was on a bench for the most of this until the last few episodes but what we did get of her I thought was really fantastic. Millie Bobby Brown is awesome. That girl can act her tail off. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I can't, I don't know where they're going to go next with this man, but I just hope they keep it up. And it's going to be fun to see the kids get, grow older. Yeah. You know? That was going to be my next comment is I wonder if they will have to jump, um, an age, you know, like two, you know, like maybe stranger things three is, two years later or something like that. And the reason for that is going back to the age thing. I remember when, um, 
Lost first got started, that one of the characters had to be written out because if they're supposed to be on this island and not much time had passed, he was 14 or 15 when they cast it. And at that age, you can't uh, have, you know, a couple of years go by and him not look different. Well, but the cool thing is here that most of the kids are roughly the same age, so they will grow older together. And I think that, that'll work but, good for them. Yeah, but I'm saying in, in the story wise, you know, yes, you're right there that this is not just one. But I think they will have to get to some point to where they'll have to say, you know, X years later or six months later to just because you can't say one week later and Mike is now two feet taller than what he was last season. Yeah. And also, yeah, they've kind of already touched on a lot of the me not memes, but things that we or references that we know from the 80s. So we'll see that they'll have to move forward to start to touch upon new references of things, you know, <laughs> that that um, that that nostalgia that we know from that time. So maybe they'll jump into the 90s at some point. Uh, um, I don't know, but but it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see them kind of maybe go through the different years and the the uh, different segments of the 80s and maybe in, even into the 90s. Cool. So. If I were to guess, this was a this was a story that you enjoyed. Oh yeah, oh yeah, wonderful story, man. Uh, I'll tell anybody to check it out. Uh, one thing we have not mentioned that uh, there was a good bit of swearing in this season. Yeah, I. Did I'll you? be honest with you. I I think I have become so <laughs> you're desensitized to it, or, or desensitized. Maybe yeah. after the f bomb on Discovery, that uh, seriously, uh, I'm sitting here going like, "Oh, really? There was swear words." The degradation of a nation. <laughs> yeah. the, the seduction of the innocent. Who believes? Oh yeah, but there was a lot of swearing in this season. Opposed to, I don't think there was any from the kids in the first season. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, also, I want to bring up, what do you think of the relationship between Nancy and what's the guy's name? Uh, the older brother. Yeah, the older brother. Well, I, well, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I I thought it was fine. I actually liked the buddy, uh, you know, not romance, but the buddy friendship that her ex had because they actually made him a likable character. And I just thought that it was a natural progression for her and the older brother yeah. to kind of get together because you just kind of rooted for that last season. She was like, you know, the, the popular pretty girl and he was the, you know, uh, the older brother of the weird kid that was missing. And no, he was know, weird. Forget the kid. He was weird. <laughs> yeah, was And weird. he was weird too. In the minds of, but, 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 but I didn't really think he was weird. I just think that he just happened not to be, in the in crowd, whatever the in crowd was. Yeah. And then, man, what a big change for the bully of the first season. Well, not bully, but the jock slash kind of jerk from the first season to progress into kind of this heroic character in the second season. I really, really liked him in this season. Yeah, me too, especially when he beat up uh, Max's or tried to beat up Max's brother. <laughs> yeah, he tried. <laughs> Not he tried. Success. Now, I think 
something that we haven't hit on, and I think it's a mystery, and I think maybe this is a good point to end on, which is there's more to Max than meet the eye than meets the eye. Um, in what sense? Because they kept referring to why you know she's not his sister and why. You know, it just made me feel like there is some mystery to Max. Well, they explained that. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, well, well, they explained that um, she is her mom's daughter and the older brother is the stepdad's son. So they're stepsister and brother. Now, why he doesn't want her calling him sister, uh, calling her sister, I don't know. Um, and, And not only that, we see where this father uh this stepfather is a real jerk and you know one of the son is a jerk too because the stepdad is a jerk and right. uh, so um yeah i think i don't think it gets deeper than that i think that's kind of the mystery with them they kind of explained it toward the end of the series um but yeah maybe there's something deeper i don't know maybe so because then that'll be going that'll be you know i love being right so you know <laughs> <laughs> but 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 i have no problem if i'm wrong to say i'm wrong you know just like i told you i was wrong about uh uh, uh walking dad so um <laughs> there you go so so what do we think about the exclusion of the bullies in season two. Oh, man. They kind of got shafted. Peyton and what's the other guy's name? Uh, uh, Cade. Uh, um, uh, Peyton, Peyton Witch and Cade. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, what, you know what, what I'm what talking about. <laughs> we know. We'll, we'll look it Kate up. Cade Jones. Okay, cool. We'll add it to the show notes as well. But, but you know, I, I can see why they're not in this season. But still, still, there was room for them to at least make a cameo in this season. Don't you think? Okay, so I'm going to uh, give compliments to Kate Jones and uh, Peyton Wick. I, I'm going to make a, a, um, an assumption here. Had we not met these two guys and had they not been as nice as they were, I don't even think we would be having this conversation. They wouldn't even be really thought about, but I think Aww, we're thinking about them because makes me sad. they were really cool guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate, man. Cause I, I it sucks that they got shafted in in this season. Uh, you know, it seems like there could have been room enough for them just to show up for an episode. They went to school plenty of times in this, in this season. So, you know, I think they could have at least had made, a 10 second thing or something. Yeah. Or something. But yeah, that's kind of sad. But on the flip, uh, look at look at actors. Okay, here's a good example. The Rock had to drop out of uh, Shazam because of another commitment he had with another movie. Um, who's to say that they didn't want to have a 10 second something? And both of them had other commitments to other projects that they were doing. Doubtful, but maybe doubtful, you know. but possible, I guess. So. So there you go. So um, if I were to say on a scale of one to ten, what what would you rate um, Stranger Things to? Um, nine. I loved it. Nine. Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 I would give it a good. You know what? The simple fact that I watched it in an entire weekend, I'll give it a nine as well. Yeah. Was it perfect? No, it was slow in parts. But hey, the first season was slow in parts as well. So, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but by the same token, I thought it was really, really good, and I, I loved it. Yeah. All right. Excellent. 
So I think that pretty much uh, takes the wrap of uh, Stranger Things 2. If you want to check out our first review of Stranger Things, uh, check out episode number 15 of Discussing Who, and we'll have that in the show notes as well. But Clarence, what else other than Star Trek might you be working on? Anything else? Yes, I will push people to go to uh, the stdpodcast.com to check out my Star Trek podcast. But also I do another podcast about tech, anime, and other things called Techpedition. You can check that podcast out at techpedition.com. That's T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N.com. What what about you, man? What do you you got? What are you working on out there? I heard there was a recent uh, 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 Podshock episode. Yes, uh, there's a... Uh, Podshock episode for any of you guys who have been Podshock fans as well. Lewis is working on uh, editing that and getting that out. It's on Knock Knock, which, you know, is one of our least favorite. But still, hey, it's a Doctor Who episode. And uh, Lee will be back with us soon to do another Doctor Who review as we march on toward Christmas. So, Clarence, I think the next thing up on our agenda will probably be Thor, a review with Thor. Yes, yeah, should be a lot of fun, A review man. of Thor, not a review <laughs> with Thor. Well, you know, we can invite him on, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, who knows? We, we, we've had uh, Jess from Seska says we might even get Thor. Who knows? Shoot for the moon, man. Shoot for the moon. There you go. Shoot for Asgard. That's what it is. <laughs> We're not the Inhumans. We don't want to go to Adelan. We want to go to Asgard. Uh, Long yeah. city. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will be back next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. 
Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.